0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast where two guys in their early 40s look at the latest trends in entertainment and quite possibly declare, I don't understand this. What in God's name is wrong with the world these days? Or perhaps they say, wow. There is some hope for humanity after all. I'm your co-host, Noah Tarno of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And with me as always is arthritic whiskey drinker and filmmaker, Bill Scurry. How you doing, Bill?
1: Noah Tarno, how the hell are you?
0: I am not bad on this fine, fine morning.
1: This foggy San Francisco morning where you're in right now?
0: Uh, I live in the non-foggy part. I'm very proud of that. I live by the water. I live where you can fool yourself into thinking it's Southern California.
1: What are we talking about today?
0: Today we are talking about... Out, and I might pronounce this wrong, but I've been working on it. Ray Shrimmer, the hottest act in hip hop for 2016. Did I pronounce it wrong, according to your opinion?
1: Ray Shrimmer. Ray, Ray Shrimmer. Ray Shrimmer. Ray Shrimmer. Yeah. Ray Shrimmer.
0: That is according to the official Ray Shrimmer website. That is according to several video interviews I watched with the gentlemen of Ray Shrimmer. Now, Ray Shrimmer, of course, are a hip hop duo. This year, they have been nigh ubiquitous with their hit song "Black Beatles," which, of course, was the background for the majority of the uh, mannequin challenge meme trend. Just a, a quick uh, introduction. Ray Shrimmer, of course, spell their name R A E space S R E M M U R which is eardrummers backwards I thought it was Ray Shrimmerd, which would be phonetic, but is apparently Ray Shrimmer. I don't know why. And they, they call themselves Ray Shrimmer because uh, the name of their label is Eardrummers. So they're like, okay, well, we'll put Eardrummers backwards. I don't get it. I don't know why <laughs> they decided that was the name for their act. I don't understand what they're trying to convey. Is it trying to be cool? Is it trying to be mysterious? I don't get it. But concordant with the theme of the show, I'm going to be saying I don't get it a lot. So well,
1: I, uh, I assume that the name is, uh, first of all, it's wordplay. And I assume that yeah. everyone who engages in hip hop and rap has some affinity for the language and they're deciding to, uh, you know, get a little uh, get a little weird with it. That's an in excellent way- point.
0: It's a lot more interesting than if they were ear drummers. Ear drummer sounds like a law and order makes up a hip hop band to have an episode. about. <laughs> right. It's just like a, cu- a bunch of white guys, in a in a TV writer's room, like we need a name for a young modern hip. They drum the ears. Ray Shrimmer is a duo. They are brothers from Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, birthplace of Elvis Presley, and they are very proud of that. They claim to be uh, real Elvis fans. Uh, their names are Sway Lee and Slim Jimmy. Jimmy spelled J X M M I. Again, I don't get it, but whatever. Real names, respectively, Khalif and Akil Brown. Uh, Sway was born June 1995. Jimmy was born December 93. So they're kids. Both of them were born more than nine months after I lost my virginity, so they could be my sons in a very alternate reality. <laughs> in a more a more, uh, adventurous yeah, a more adventurous reality. Yeah, more adventurous reality in which I was dating black women in Mississippi. Um, Mississippi. They were, they were raised in the projects of Tupelo, Mississippi. Their parents split up when they were young, uh, raised by their mother. Uh, there's a great – we were talking about this. We were prepping for this. There's a great quote on their website. It says, quote, <laughs> when we were growing up, it was just about perseverance, says Slim Jimmy, before flipping a quote made famous by Stark Trek character <laughs> Richard Wachinian, quote, regardless of the situation, we couldn't let the haters win. Now, we were both puzzled by that at first until we realized that there was no such thing as Stark Trek. <laughs> that is that is S-I-C. And also, uh, R- Richard Wakinian is not a Star Trek character. He's from some sci-fi novel no, neither of us had heard of before
1: Richard Wakinian sounds like a character that Tab Hunter would have played you know? <laughs> just, just love that name
0: oh wow <laughs> what other podcast covers Tab Hunter and Rage <laughs> I really don't know obviously they started at a very young age uh, in 2013 they teamed up with a friend of theirs named Lil Pants uh, as Dem Outa State Boys Dem D-E-M Outa State spelled S-T the number eight and boys B-O-Y-Z O oh, Y I see what you did there yeah and that that also sounds like a made up law and order hip-hop act. So I think Ray Schremer's <laughs> a lot more interesting than that. Uh, they would play sort of the guerrilla shows that a lot of young, undiscovered hip-hop bands play in their mother's basement in abandoned buildings. They caught on, and they were on BET's very influential hip-hop showcase show, 106th and Park. They were noticed by uh, a very, very uh, popular, successful hip-hop producer, Mike Will, owner of the Ear Drummer's entertainment label, and that thrusted them into the spotlight. They played on BET's hip-hop awards. They got what's what's the great quote here they got remixes from Nicki minaj and pusha t who both had the honor of being hip-hop artists i've heard of and i love this this is a new term i've learned cosigns from the likes of kim kardashian justin timberlake juicy j and plenty more so in hip-hop parlance a cosign basically just means someone famous has approved of you um, or, or
1: maybe maybe actually gave him a loan too who knows <laughs>
0: yes help, helped him buy a vacation home a, a mortgage exactly yeah so their first album they released a couple singles in 2014 very successful Their first album uh shrem life to that 2000, early 2015 debuted at number one on the hip-hop album charts billboard and then shrem life 2 came out this year actually sold less than shrem life but they've sold many copies they are very successful uh the kids just love them and uh you know as I said the uh the mannequin challenge the viral hit of this year many videos online some more clever than others and for whatever reason black Beatles has become the preferred background song and black, black Beatles of course Beatles. their hit this year small
1: world all friends know of me. Know me young boy living like a no key quick release the cash watch it fall slowly yeah, yeah. girl still trying to get in for whatever reason the they lose it when the DJ drops the knee. I think Race her so is I, you know I'm, I'm getting so many impressions from from hearing these songs and they're all Mike will, which is somebody I'm kind of uh, not used to. And I know that that's this is that Atlanta sound, right? Uh, which is a whole new phenomenon to me. I, I guess I'm, I'm being I'm being uh, baroque. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, you know, really? I, 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 I say these kids aren't the greatest MCs. I don't think that they can really whatever. They're they're 16 years old. I mean, they're kids, and so I'm sure they have some seasoning to do. The sound is auto to hell, which is not my favorite sound in the world. But man, I think there is something really appealing to um I, I think it might be the combination of mike will and these guys in particular if he gets what they do he might be making them sound as good as they can possibly sound
0: well that's know? that's a, I mean that's the primary job of a producer right
1: as much as i like these kids i think mike mike will sounds like he's the one uh, with his hands on the wheel right i mean it, black beetles to me it's such a smooth, smooth uh, beat, Lay Dennis. That whatever that I think it's a, it's it's kind of a sideways trap music. It, this sounds a little almost like um, Daft Punk's Tron soundtrack. There's a real <laughs> digital, digital thing to it in the background, right? Even though it's more EDM based. And then the way that uh, Jimmy and and Sway go over it almost feels like the oral equivalent of a cat uh, twirling
0: between your ankles. Interesting. You're more informed about hip-hop than I am, it sounds like, although, disclaimer to our listeners, neither of us is very (laughs) informed about this, I would say. I can't say I like this music, but I can't say I dislike it either. My first impression is, first of all, I think both of them have very good voices. What I like about this, as compared to a lot of hip-hop I've heard, there's a lot of soulfulness in their voices. They vocally are very talented. And yeah, maybe it's Mike Will helping them bring that to the fore. It, it sounds very passionate. I mean, that's always my thing about pop music is I'm a rockist. So, you know, I, I I need passion and power and all that. And they have that in their voices. You know, I come at this stuff from a cultural standpoint. And my problem with them and Black Beatles isn't as bad as I think the stuff from the first record, especially uh, I listened to throw some Mo, which is their song with Nicki Minaj and no flex zone, which was their first single. And both of those we're, were bragging about our money, we're bragging about our power, we're bragging about how hot the women are who hang out with us. You look at the videos, it's more women shoving their asses into the camera, guys throwing money in the air, it's raining hundreds, all that. And I'm like, really, we're still doing this. I have trouble seeing what's original about this.
1: And I can't, I can't believe you found a lawn in San Francisco to get people to get stay off of.
0: <laughs> it just seems, in some of these videos, seem really trashy. I mean, the video for Throw Mo" Nicki Minaj, who sounds like a sex robot. They're throwing cash around in a strip club. Women in roller skates spreading their legs to the camera. People throwing money all over the place. What's the lyric? Franklin's raining on your body, raining on your body, raining on your body. Won't you do what I say? Start rubbing on your body. You like hunteds on your body, girl. You need to get naughty.
1: You pointed out that there was a, a, a verse about consent, which I thought was like so in place, like it was such a strange thing that we might expect to hear. And yet here it is, the idea of consent being part of the relationship between the, the genders. But yeah, I thought that was a, an unexpected idea to see from these guys. I, yes, there, yeah. there, there is. That, that was a, that
0: was look alive, the thing about consent. Look alive, and yeah. Look alive, I actually thinks a lot better. I'm starting with a negative. Throw some mo. I just found like trashy, trashy. Also, you're right. They're young. Give them some time. And as they grow up and mature, I think we could see better things from them. But I still don't get it. You know,
1: all all of the cliches that you're referencing to me, well, it's like I I kind of expect them to be there. I feel like, I mean, not necessarily the good hip hop I've listened to, but just most hip hop is, is, especially, and this is pop. But I remember when I was a kid thinking, wow, wouldn't it be great if... We got to prog rap, right? And it's like I was a huge fan of Marillion and Emerson Lake and Palmer and and those guys. Now, Prague rock was always for some people but not for others. And it became derided even right. though I thought the, you know, I thought the mu- musicianship was incredible. Well, because those guys were nerds.
0: I mean they were the nerds who were forced to take classical piano lessons as a kid but right. heard rock and roll in their free time.
1: When I was introduced to Prince Paul, right, and when I was introduced to De La… And when I was introduced to Tribe, it's De La thought,
0: Soul to some people out there, to okay, the uninitiated, yeah.
1: yeah. And I was,
0: I was like,
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh, guess what? We may be on the precipice of getting prog rap. Right? This, this right. like, hip hop might have gone outside the tracksuit, the Kangol hat. Paul Houston was a big hip hop nerd from Long Island, and he alone he did Sonic, he did uh, Grave he did De La Soul, he did a bunch of his own albums, which are concept albums. They're just wild. And you know, paying forward, it's like. Well, I think that the the vanguard of, of Prague rap kind of like pushed back into the mainstream, and so um, I feel like what you're what I'm seeing now is something that is like the descendant. Not that these guys are Prague per se, but there is something a little asymmetrical from other guys. But the fact is that Ray Shrimmer exists on the same continuum as so many other acts that I like. Some people would say that the health of the the game is bad. You know, it's on life support. And I would say, Jesus, there's a lot of variety out there. And, you know, like there's a lot of good stuff.
0: I guess I, and again, being so uninformed about this topic i guess i don't see that from them and in fact i was disappointed because i expected them to be more proggy than they are like i thought they would be like odd future and those guys yeah. who i think of as being prog rap you know these guys who grew up on rap but are actually music nerds yeah, yeah, and, your and, Earl and Switch, yeah, your right. Tyler's,
1: your Earl sweatshirts, those guys, yeah. Which
0: is why Ray Shrimmer to me was a disappointment because I was expecting something weird and creative and nerdy like that, and then I get these shirtless guys with tattoos shaking their claws in the air and throwing money on on girls' butts.
1: Let's go into no flex zone. Let's listen to it, a minute of that, okay? They know better. No flex zone. No flex zone. Hey! hey. No flex zone. hey. hey.
0: One of the things that bothers me a lot about them and bothers me about a lot of hip-hop, to the small extent I listen to it, is I think No Flex Zone is a good example of they're trying to have it both ways. And this yeah. is a No Flex Zone. We don't brag. And the video kind of bears that out in that they're all just hanging out with their friends in a suburban street, having a good time, you know, drinking from solo cups, all that. But then they're name-dropping Ballman and Hublot and Alexander Wang. Although, to their credit, they also name-dropped Mr. T and Magilla Gorilla. So I like also that. Also, Hang Glider, too, which is pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea what you're talking about. So um, I'm authentic. I'm real. But then they still name drop this stuff. You are trying to have it both ways. I'm original. I'm unique. But here I am relying on the same tropes as everyone else. Maybe it's fine. It's pop music. So who cares? Sometimes I wonder if bragging about your virility and all that is just it's like saying la 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 in a hip hop song. It doesn't matter. So let's get at the root of this. The hooks are very catchy. I get these songs stuck in my head. Like you said, the production is great like I said, I think their voices are fantastic. There are those moments. It was Look Alive, which I think is a very nice song. I'm so far out of sight. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's cute. And then he says, I can get you so right. All I need is an invite. That's the thing about consent. You know, usually, yeah, I like that. Because usually it's like, I'm so irresistible. You know, it's not like hip hop guys brag about assaulting women. They almost never do. But here he's like saying it's not like, oh, I'm so hot. Women can't resist. He's like, you know, let me in. I'll show you a good time. I mean, there's something very sweet and female and sex positive about that so that's nice. it is
1: but it's also again the idea that it's not just uh not just the sound but the fact that they i feel like these guys age is belied in um you know what their preoccupations are but also in the way they're describing the world around them personally i don't like youth culture i think it's overrated i i, I don't know why everyone in in media and and people who create media are so obsessed with youth culture i guess they want to they love the idea of that sort of um successive generation every single six months I will. Say- in this case, because this isn't something I'm really versed in, it's it's telling for me to understand. Oh well, here's how these guys are seeing the world. Not not just because they're rappers, but also they come from a much different socioeconomic background than I do. A lot of the things that you're talking about, I feel like, are hallmarks of the fact that they started out as party rappers. They would have these house parties, and you know, they they would essentially take GarageBand out. They would cook their own loops up, and they would just write write it, and entertain for themselves. And so, you know, if we ask ourselves what accounts for the popularity, I would say that. Obviously, it's very accessible, you know, whether it's the Mike Will sound or whatever it was, the genesis of their skill and talent back in Tupelo before they moved to Atlanta uh, to hook up with the Atlanta scene i would say that it seems pretty obvious that there is a very light fun even a little bit of um especially black beetles has this almost like ennui to it their voice has this yeah. existential ennui, which i don't know if they intended to do that but i it, it's appealing they're party dudes but they're they also have this heaviness to them which is unusual it's like i'm tired of um tweed wearing banjo players like mumford transmitting this this heaviness or <laughs> fucking jeff Tweedy, right it's like yeah. i don't give a fuck about wilco if and you I read interviews
0: like, with them they talk about like they just want to make music fun again yeah it's, and a, very, they, I, it's a very noble cause i mean yeah yeah i think yeah. they'll
1: do it and it's i mean i assume as they go on it's one of two things right regardless of how popular they are the idea that um the game doesn't really let you age into it. The, there's only right. a few acts that are allowed to endure. That's why we don't see new work from KRS-One, right? These guys who are legendary. Right. Other than Jay-Z and the guys who are over 40, I, like he's, he's the Bruce Springsteen of, of rap. Considering how, much, how, many ra- uh, how many records, how many vinyl records they sell <laughs> in hip-hop, uh, I feel like he, in, in spite of the incredible market cap that, that R&B and, and hip-hop has, it's like you're still talking about little razor-thin pie pieces for everybody just right. because there's only so much to go around and you're not allowed you know you got to throw that guy out and get the new guy in before yeah. you know
0: it music executives are like everyone else they they pine for their days of youth so they want to get yeah. closer to that we've moved on to the next question here is why is it popular it's maybe not to us and maybe you know but to a lot of kids it's fun. It's fun music. It's danceable. It's party music. I mean, these videos are very, have a great sense of fun to them. I really like the videos. Most of them. The ones where they're like riding on the roof of a car and skateboarding and having a party in someone's backyard. I mean, who wouldn't want to be part of that?
1: Two words, man. Wish fulfillment. And I feel like anybody who cracks wish fulfillment is going to make a lot of money. And, you know, I've never had any wishes and that's why I'm I'm stuck in the uh, existential rut that I'm in.
0: Now, here's a question that I've always wondered about the popularity of hip-hop. The saying which i don't know if it's true is that you know most hip hop records are bought by white kids in the suburbs i don't know if that's still true I'm pretty sure that was true in the 90s at the peak of my music industry knowledge. I always thought that part of the appeal, it was a voyeuristic thing. The danger that hip-hop implied was very appealing to to kids, white or black, who didn't have a first-hand experience of that, who didn't grow up in the projects. Ray Shrimmer is far less dangerous than, you know, I don't know, I'm going to give these antiquated references like DMX or whatever. <laughs> DMX. There's a little of that. I mean, maybe it's not the danger, but the the naughtiness of the, raining and honey's and and drinking my lean and, and and puffing on my extendos that that that's sort of it these people who that's so far from their real experience they're enjoying that vicariously it's a safe way even the sound of the music has this edge of menace to it some of it but really the the kind of i've always found that in hip-hop like this the sort of repeating like synth line or whatever in so many songs has this kind of menacing, like, we're trying to scare uptight white people edge to it. I think, I don't know, maybe. I mean, maybe that's not what they feel. Maybe that's just me being a terrified white guy. I wonder about that. And it's a safe way to appreciate
1: it. But wasn't like Keith Richards' guitar riffs also were supposed to, you know, they were satanic. Yes. And not, you know what I mean? Yes. Actually, and quite literally, if you listen to the, the uh, what is that that, that, that Birmingham style of uh, Black Sabbath, they actually- oh God. Im- Yeah, that
0: stuff is incredibly menacing.
1: Right, they employ an actual. There's something called Diablo and Musica, I think. Um, it was actually a Latin term for a specific chord that Tommy Iommi would use. It was designed to sound dangerous, and I think I think youth music has always been designed to have this idea that you know, and it and it changes shape to suit the times.
0: Go back to Rock Around the Clock. I mean, so much of what made it appealing to kids, what I'm sc- I'm rebelling against mom and dad. I'm scaring a lot of kids. They see it as threatening to their parents, and of course, the goalposts change over time. Like a lot of those parents who might be threatened by you know Ray Shrimmer or something much heavier uh, were not threatened by Black Sabbath or the Rolling Stones. I remember a great quote I heard from some dyspeptic rock critic who who dismissed hip-hop and his line was, "I don't listen to music by people who want to kill me." And the rejoinder to that was, um, "You love the sex pistols and <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a relatively rich white guy, so put two, <laughs> two together. It makes sense that it's popular. I mean it's creative. It's catchy. It's fun. I'll tell you one thing I love about these guys is I think their their creativity, their rhymes are really creative. Come Get Her rhymes potato with volcano. Uh, <laughs> throw Some Mo rhymes fascinated with out of paper.
1: It's a golden age of flow. I mean, seriously, you got yeah. some of the most liter- literate or, you know, sort of the MCs. And I mean, I thought when I finally picked up on, um, on Wu-Tang, right, and I got Jis's First album, Liquid Swords, right? I just have been listening to Liquid Swords for over a decade. It's just crazy how recursive it is. It's like a Mandelbrot equation of of rhyming, and, and it's so everything is so perfect. It's not just the rhymes, it's, but the ideas behind it. Right. And and you know, like he was, he still is the apotheosis of it to me. And I just love the fact that you can count on such good wordplay and such good flow from these guys. And it's almost like they're all the disciples of the guy who came before it. So in that respect, it, it is another era, not so much a golden age, but it's really
0: respectful of of the craft. They clearly have a love of music. They're musical. I mean, I think these kids, you're right, they're kids, but I think these guys are really talented. And I'm curious to see where they go. I will also say this. I think Black Beatles is an amazing song title. And I derided these guys 10 minutes ago for being (laughs) unoriginal and boasting about, "I'm, I'm so hot, I'm so sexy, I got the money, I got the drugs, I got the fashion. But Black Beatles, that's Great. I mean, that is yeah. some balls right there. Stuff like this, it's you should be ballsy, and it's not like they're saying the Beatles suck. They have brief references to both John Lennon and Paul McCartney. I mean, it gets your attention. It's boastful without being obnoxious.
1: There's going to be a follow-up called "The Black do Sutcliffe. Cliff." That's what I'm waiting <laughs> for. <laughs>
0: the <laughs> Black Herman's Hermits. That's what I like. <laughs> the black, black Brian Epstein. <laughs> uh, you know, and and in this interview where they talked about they like Elvis, I always dig that because there's a stereotype which I think is somewhat racist, that black culture has no regard for white culture. And that's just not true. And I think guys like this who really like music and really appreciate music, they take from everywhere. Yeah, they live in a continuum,
1: especially right. now with the barrier to entry to everything is so damn low that the yeah. only thing these guys can't get into is like um, Aida from Verdi, like that. That's the only thing I can think of that people wouldn't crib from. Even even those walls between you know Mario Lanza yeah. and 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 Shorty Red is probably getting smaller by the minute.
0: Part of the reason I quit being a music critic, you know, I I I left college thinking I'd be a music writer, and I spent a couple years attempting that. And part of the reason I realized that this was not the job for me and I would never make it is because I couldn't make a connection with, let's be honest, with black music. I mean, I like some old R&B, but... Mm -hmm relatively little, and I couldn't make, this was the late 90s, I couldn't make a connection with hip-hop, and I very honestly realized, like, if I'm not making a connection with this, I am never going to understand the musical zeitgeist. This is where it's at, this is what's happening, this is the future, and I just, I couldn't connect with it. And, you know, the stuff I did like that was happening at the time, like, went nowhere. I very wisely bowed out, and now I'm just you know admitting that i don't know shit about hip-hop while i opine about it to anyone who will listen what do you want to hear what song do you think is a good example what's your
1: favorite and look alive too we can let's play to look, alive. look
0: alive so look alive was the follow-up to black beatles also this year and uh i like this song i think it's almost yeah. got like a, a fey electropop kind of sound to it Is my hatred or dislike of Ray Schremer, is that just jealousy? Is that just me being jealous that millions of people are listening to this and millions of people are not listening to me, or that they're young and I'm not young anymore? And I think it's fair to say there's some jealousy there. Um, You know, not that I ever dreamed of being a hip-hop star like these guys or even really being a musician. It's they're affecting a culture and a lifestyle that I find discomforting and shooting to the stars with this. So sure, there's some jealousy. I-, I wish I were in a world like this where women are throwing themselves at me, and I have a lot more money. I mean, who who doesn't wish some form of that? My lack of self-esteem plays into that. Would I be more approving of them if I had more self-esteem? Sure, absolutely. Um, <laughs>
1: I'll put this one out right. I don't. I yeah. do not dislike this. I actually like it quite a bit. However, yeah, I am intensely <laughs> jealous of these little bastards. First of all. <laughs> The two of them, the two of them look like liquid sex, right? They're these wiry, thin, yeah. little silk-like yeah. uh, cocoa skin, mocha skin guys. They look so oh, slick yeah. with, with their fucking fronts yeah. and their their little their white leather pants. And it's like, man, when I was nineteen years old, I had I had psoriasis. I weighed about 200 and, <laughs> 260 pounds. I hadn't been on a date by that point. But but yeah, my, my youth doesn't resemble. I mean, no one's youth resembles this. That's the whole point is that these yeah. guys are they're they're giving you it's a
0: um, fantasy,
1: um, yeah. It's a fantasy. They're giving you wish fulfillment, which is great. I mean, right. uh, But I, I also tend to believe that there is something. These guys aren't just playing a part. And again, they, they were homeless. You know, their parents were fuck ups. They came up in a, you know, shit environment in Tupelo. You know, they're so slick. They're so cool.
0: I'm always dubious of. They're playing a role, even if they come from, even if they're this is genuine. They're playing a role. And don't you think it's entirely possible that, say. Sway has had the same girlfriend for two years. He's never had sex with anyone but her.
1: Snoop Dogg was married to the same woman for a decade before they broke up. He was like forty-seven right. or yeah. so when that happened. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I, I, there are the way these things work, and there is the portrayed portrayed picture. I mean, it's the image they're throwing this image out. There is no way I would have had the gumption because I wasn't a confident, assured, bold nineteen to twenty-three-year-old. Right. I was a an oily, uh, heavy-set uh, hermit, you know, who was. <laughs> Right right out of college, I went and lived in North Carolina for a couple of years. I had a much different a much different thing than these guys did, you know and and there's no way I would have portrayed myself with it being as brazen and as self-assured. No matter what it is they turn into, no matter how they age in front of us. They, there's this the comfort of the actor or the comfort of the of the role player where they issue this thing, and it's like, man, well, it, I, whoever their audience is, they believe it, and I believe it.
0: And I think that's a key to good arts. Is to yeah. be believable and to be honest. And the thing that gets me, you know, staying on the topic of pop music, the thing that I hate about a lot of popular music, music I really hate, and I don't hate this, but like is the fact that I don't I don't believe these people for a second. You know, when they sing about feeling some kind of passion, I don't believe they really feel that passion. I've often said that I Kissed a Girl by uh, Katy Perry is one of the worst songs ever because I don't believe for a second she kissed a girl. Well, I will question whether, you know, they're really – You know scooping up the hose left and right at the very least they do an excellent job of of playing that character because they're talented guys and they have star power and they sing well uh and that's all we really ask for from pop culture or for any artists i i i think these guys they're good at what they do this is not a sign of the apocalypse you know good for them (laughs) <laughs> uh, they're, they're better than a lot of the other stuff out there. And, and I volunteered a soup kitchen from time to time, which is important for me to state because that establishes I'm better than you. And I, uh, the, uh, and and while you're working there in the kitchen, they're playing, you know, the hip hop hits radio station. And Black Beatles came on twice within the hour. And you know what? I didn't mind. It's catchy. It's fun. It's It's soothing. I'm happy this song is out there. But nonetheless, I don't get it.
1: So, Ray remember, is uh, get off of Noah's lawn. You yes. can you're welcome to come on on Bill's lawn and spin, and uh, we'll just we'll See, just we'll dr- we'll drink some scissor all night, and I'm going to chill with you kids, and it's going to be pretty cool. Do
0: you really want them on your lawn, though?
1: I don't have a lawn. I live in a brownstone. So <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> all right, everyone. I uh, uh, I'm available on YouTube at uh, AM Caesar. youtubecom AM Caesar is where you can find my filmmaking output, and I'm on Twitter at at William Scurry and Noah. Uh,
0: I am all about the Big Quiz Thing, uh a company that does quiz shows for corporate and private events nationwide, bigquizthing.com. Uh, and you can find me at Noah Tardo N-O-A-H-T-A-R-N-O-W, Twitter. That is Twitter.
1: Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, make you. sure you tune in, tune in next time for uh, I Don't Get It.
0: I Don't Get It. I Don't Get It. a production of American Caesar Enterprises 2017.